Aloha and welcome to the Woman on Fire podcast. I am Daniela and I'm oh. Jamie. Good yeah, morning. there she is. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to cue you in without actually having planned to do that. <laughs> We're figuring out our intro style. <laughs> but yeah, Jamie and, and we Daniela. We have a special guest today. Mm-hmm. We do. Hi, everybody. My name's Kirsten Homalon. Um, I'm a postpartum doula here on the island of Oahu um, and the creator of Thrive Postpartum, which is an online portal for new moms to get the info and help they need. So great. So great. <laughs> we wanted to invite you um, on the podcast because you have been working in our birth community for quite a while and um, you've experienced your own postpartum world and mm. I know that it's something you're super passionate about. So um, yeah, we would love to hear more. We were just discussing about how um, we just had a guest that was a mother talking about the necessity of postpartum services and um, you're a mother who offers these great postpartum services and a lot of folks don't even really know what they need they kind of build mm -hmm. up and they spend all their time like getting ready for the birth but then you know but then postpartum hits so mm -hmm. um so so yeah so then they're kind of left out to um to wonder what do i need mm -hmm. out there <laughs> yeah definitely i mean and that's where my passion grew from was experiencing that firsthand twice. <laughs> I had, you know, really great pregnancies. I was really blessed in that way. Um, I had really good births. One of my best births was with you, Jamie. <laughs> it was such a healing and awesome oh. experience to do it at home with someone who's as gifted as you and just in the perfect calling. <laughs> um, I didn't do anything. <laughs> that is not true i needed my i needed my sisterhood there and it was really powerful to do it in that way your birth um, was really really amazing <laughs> it was fast it was so fast um but so good um and i think what really rocked me was after the birth of my son i i mean i had been doing postpartum work for almost seven years at that point. And so I felt like I was really seasoned um, in knowing what, you know, postpartum women needed. And so I prepared as best I could, um, but I still entered into a really rough season of postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, and I was really riddled with that. And I was so bummed because I felt like as a practitioner that I was going to magically somehow be exempt <laughs> from those things. And I wasn't. Um, and so I spent a long time feeling, you know, full of shame because of that and feeling embarrassed that, you know, I, I didn't know what I needed and I needed some kind of help. Um, but it was kind of magical in that season that I also started really understanding and looking for answers to what women needed postpartum. What was I really needing and starting dialogues with other mothers and getting down to the nitty gritty 
of what this gap in postpartum care and knowledge is. So it was actually a really empowering time for me to accept my own journey and stop feeling shame about it, but also harnessing the power of it to help my fellow sisters who are going through motherhood and you know whether their postpartum is awesome and healthy and blissful or if it is struggles in certain areas i think there can be a beautiful you know dialogue and make sure that all moms get the unique care that they deserve so that's kind of where thrive birthed from and it's been a really fun five year long project now <laughs> i can't believe it's been five years working on it um, yeah, it's been a really fun and enlightening ride, really. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story and just being honest about it. And and it's amazing how those experiences that really take us deep and are the most intense and the roughest are often the ones that have the, the deepest gems of wisdom to to share with us and open our eyes to and that you're willing to to dig into that and find those gems even though you know for sure it's kind of rough but you found them and now you're willing to share them as well so yeah. what were some of those gaps that you weren't totally mm -hmm. aware of before you had your own experience um i think one of the biggest ones that i have found um, and it has aligned with a lot of the moms that I've connected with was doing, you know, some heart work and some preparatory work mentally before I entered into this postpartum season. Um, I think a lot of women prepare for their birth because they know it's going to be this big experience and, and that work is important, you know, taking birthing classes or reading books and there's a lot of prep work um, and that kind of prepares your mind and your spirit and um, just gives you at least a bit of a foothold before you go through that experience um, that same prep doesn't normally happen um, for postpartum women will focus on you know breastfeeding and baby and again so important to prepare for um, but they're not and i certainly didn't do this you know preparing my mind for you know, what type of mother am I going to be? What feels right for me? What types of care do I think I'll want? And what types of care do I know I won't need, I won't want? And um, really taking the time to kind of, you know, meditate on those things and um, talk with my partner about, talk with my support community about, um, and that not having that work done prior can leave moms <laughs> in a bit of a panic once they get to it and realize that they need something and they're not able to put their finger on it. Um, that's a really frustrating place to be. And I see that often as a postpartum doula. Um, and that's one of the big things that we do with Thrive. It's a lot of um, heart work beforehand, you know, seeing what is authentic and what resonates for you and what type of mom you think you want to be and just exploring that. We really encourage a curiosity about motherhood and how you feel like you'll incorporate that part of yourself once you step into being a mom. 
Um, so that's one of the biggest things. And I do it with my postpartum clients too, just talking to them about that. And I think that's powerful when we can have those conversations and take time to stop and think about that because that's when I see a lot of moms light up and they're excited because at the core of them, they already know, you know, who that woman is and who that part of themselves are. It's just, we got to bring it to the surface and be confident in who that is. And sometimes that takes a little while and takes encouragement. <laughs> right. And you're there to encourage them to, to do that, to tune into themselves and really know themselves. It's, it's reminding me of like birthing from within. It's postpartum yeah. from within. <laughs> like it's yeah. internal work. Yeah, definitely. You know, there are, and there are other elements that I talk about as a postpartum doula and that we go over in the Thrive postpartum course, you know, knowing warning signs where you need a professional or where medical help is necessary. Um, and then ways to prepare with, you know, nutrition, with herbs, with um, your options postpartum for the care you can receive, um, understanding the basics to breastfeeding. We do cover all those things. And those are things that go over with my postpartum clients as well. Um, but the really important aspect will always be the heart aspect. Understand. Oh, sorry. My dogs, <laughs> they're playing. Um, but yeah, understanding how important that is, is everything. <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> definitely. That's some kind of ties into this quote, which is like how you do anything is how you do everything, right? Just yeah. knowing yourself, your patterns, like wh who are you and what are your needs, your uniqueness and yeah. knowing yourself. And that can be really tricky to pay any attention to when all of a sudden you have all these new tasks with the newborn mm -hmm. and you're catapulted into like a different sleep schedule and you have to nurse and maybe you've never nursed before and you're trying to figure that out and your baby's obviously never nursed before. So they're trying yep. to learn new skill too. And it's like so many new things to figure out. It's, it's kind of yeah. transition. Yeah. Your partner having to take over roles that maybe they didn't mm -hmm. They're, them being the caretaker of both mom and baby and um, the strain that puts on and also just that realization like you were saying about like what kind of mother am I or do I want to be and mm -hmm. there's so many like postpartum feelings and emotions around all those tasks yeah um, you know postpartum is very much a transition of into motherhood or into the mother of more than one child or mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot involved in that too. That's uh, that plays on the the physical, even though it's emotional, or even though it's you know um, spiritual awakening or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I think that sisterhood. It's important to have somebody that can come, and they know that their their job is to to really just nourish you and take care of mm -hmm. you, and can look kind of a number of different ways, don't you think? Oh yeah, definitely. So dependent on what the woman is feeling or mm -hmm. experiencing. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the reason why we created Thrive to be the way it is because it really can allow the woman to tailor 
her experience to what is authentic and what's right for her, um, you know, and taking that time to explore what you need and what you feel like you might want and what's your core important elements of you as a mother and you as a woman and defining those, even writing them down. That way, once all the tasks do come at you, you can have something that is grounding for you and that brings you back to, you know, the most important elements of you. Um, So having that as an anchor when we go through all the things as a mom, especially a new mom, is so is so powerful um another really big thing i think is the sisterhood um allowing moms who a lot of moms are you know not in their hometown or their support system may just not be where they're at um, but creating a community that can be at the fingertips of a mom where she can chat with other moms who are going through it too is is huge right I think that's another element of postpartum that sometimes we don't realize we need, but once we have somebody who gets it and can just sit and, you know, cry with you or just listen to you or um, just allow you to work through those things um, is powerful. Um, I don't think we were ever really designed to go through motherhood or birth or postpartum without other women around us. So, I think in our society, we're kind of realizing that slowly and trying to recreate that in as many ways as we can, which is great to see that shift. Yeah, I also think it's so important to really like help our friends understand. (laughs) I was recently with a woman who was was having a little struggle because she wanted the sisterhood, but she also wanted sometimes to just have them leave food and go away. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And, um, she was struggling a little bit with, um, kind of wanting to, you know, she's like, it's the goodness of their heart and they're bringing their love and bringing this food and helping support me. But also like, it's exhausting to entertain and Mm. I'm realizing that now and finding like the words to, and also as I was telling her, you know, we need to kind of relearn how to support women in that space that sometimes they need you to just come over and bring them food and fold laundry. Like it's not about coming over and holding the baby while right. mom does all the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's about you doing all the stuff while mom holds the baby. <laughs> so good. So good. Yes. No, that's like an important thing that we felt like we had to address too. We have a whole module in the course too about supporting partners, which, you know, is appropriate for the partner that they conceived with or whoever is going to be the person that they feel like is going to be with them the most. Um, and even to send to friends and family, cause it does cover, you know, the do's, the don'ts asking her in touching base with her and seeing what she really is needing. Cause it's, it's unique. And I was very similar to that woman. I was very particular about the types of people and like the energy that they brought to the room. I was very picky about that, which normally I'm not, but honoring that for each unique woman is important for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, and that's that piece about tuning in and listening to what Mm -hmm. she needs versus coming from your own experience and thinking about what you think she needs to really like check in, you know, Um, do you want me to just bring food and take off? Do you want me? (laughs) But we have to, 
re we have to work with our population that thinks very differently. We have to sort of like set the examples, I think, of what we need and being open and honest without worrying too much about hurting other people's feelings, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, being, being unoffended while we support new moms is, yeah, an important skill to learn. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You mentioned something about our biology and how it's not really set up for us to be totally alone mm. with the baby or mom's just with the baby. And I kind of want to dig into that one a little bit more just for more context for people because it's an important concept right there. You know, people might have heard like, it takes a village, right? Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. And at some point we all did live, you know, ancestrally in traditional communities in a more village setup, right? Where like you had your lineage of women, your grandma, mom, aunties, all the uncles that like, <laughs> right? The elders. So like all the kids just roamed around with each other. The moms just kind of like maybe they just nursed each other's kids. Like, right? Like you didn't have yeah. to be just with your kid all day. Like, no, like everyone just kind of helped each other with that. And now we obviously live very differently. Um, yeah. So, so the village isn't there in that way for most people. Obviously, people live differently. But like you're saying, if someone has moved and it's just them, their partner, and their newborn, and they don't have, mm -hmm. you know, their family nearby, they haven't really met community. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Jamie, like you've said this, like you you have to build the community, <laughs> right? We, we're not just born into it anymore. But right. for the moms out there that do you know if you are having a hard time like trying to juggle all these things on your own I guess I just want to put out there like a voice of sympathy of like yeah mm. you're having a hard time because it is hard and and it's rather unrealistic to expect one individual to pull off balancing all the things for just one kid let alone multiple kids so if you're having mm. a hard time I just want you to know like yeah it's you're doing a lot and perhaps way more than biology really intended you to do anyway so so it's not, not because sure. you're a bad mom or you don't know how to handle or you you just this or that it's not enough or whatever that people get themselves down about it mm. just really that it's, it's just hard and you're trying your freaking best <laughs> truly yeah I think that's western society too right like it says <laughs> to us all the time like you know you you got to pull it together. You got to do it on your own. You, you got to get back to work. You got to fit in the jeans. You got to get back to the beach and regular life as fast as humanly possible. But I love helping mothers explore the rejection of that. Yes. Um, and that can be <laughs> really, really liberating, you know, to not rush, to, you know, work through <laughs> trying to rest so many of my moms have a hard time resting for you know those 40 days that i've tried to encourage moms to really take it slow um because in the grand scheme of things i mean 40 days is not long but once you're the mom in it it feels like an eternity of just slowness and um sitting with what you're feeling and what you're going through and this new baby you're getting to know um and it's so against <laughs> the rush and the the snapback of what motherhood has been forced to become um, in our society. So 
I really feel like what I work through my mom's with and what Thrive is all about is just reclaiming what postpartum is and redefining, you know, what the recovery is supposed to be like. Um, and like you said, biologically, we're not capable of being solo in this, you know, can we do it? Yes. And I, I guess I shouldn't use the word capable. We are capable to do it alone, but are we going to thrive when we're doing something that's really meant to be a communal experience and something that's really rich with connecting with other, other humans, other women? Um, I don't, I don't think that it, that it is. Um, and unfortunately now with us living the way we do, you know, we're all, we're separated. We're all in our little homes and not in big groups or no red tents or anything like that anymore. But, um, yeah, doing the work to set up that community prior, or even once you realize you need it afterwards and, um, understanding where are good places to look, who are good people that would, be great to come and serve you and expect nothing. Um, it's an important element of what some women have to learn. I did. I know I, I had to figure out, you know, what that looked like and allow that. It's hard to sometimes realize that you need help and you don't really have anything to give them back in return. Um, besides a thank you and, <laughs> um, you know, a tired smile, but, um, mm -hmm the power that there is in that um, for when mothers get to support each other. A lot of moms want to help other moms um, there. I think there is that natural desire in us. So um, it, it can be fulfilling to the moms who are helping or the women who even don't have children and are helping. There's just a natural desire to want to be together in those seasons. Yeah. Nourish and support. It's really true. I think also, again, our society because it's in this rush back to, it's also very difficult for people to ask for support. Um, yeah. Just as it is to ask for time alone or to, for, for limiting energies that come in, it's also very difficult to ask for the support when we need it. Um, mm -hmm. And especially if all you have to give back is that nod or that mm -hmm. gratitude text or whatever it is or later a card you know um, okay. but one of the things that I often remind the women that I work with is that you know think about how good it feels to be able to bring someone a meal when mm. they're down and out or to be able to like pick someone's kids up from school and mm -hmm. how good it feels to know that like you were able to help that person out and how you really, it was really beneficial for them too. And so that the receiving end is just as rewarding as the giving end because you're, you are still giving, you're, you're allowing this opportunity for someone to give to you. And, yeah. and that feels so good to give to someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, at least for me and with friends and with family and as a postpartum doula, I just always feel so honored for whatever space they allow me to enter into that time in their motherhood. Um, it's just, it's so full of honor. Um, so even if it's like, Hey, can you wash my dishes? It's like, Oh yes, I can. <laughs> like, it feels so good to be in, you know, allowed in. So that's like you said, a thank you all in itself really. 
Yeah, well, and we all have different opportunities to be able to to share back and forth, right? Some, yeah. Some, as we as we look at our relationships, whether with our partner, or our mother, or whomever, mm-hmm. you know, in work and whatnot, like sometimes we're really given it. We're given, 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 and then at some point, mm-hmm. that receiving opportunity does come our way as well. It's not always equal balanced at the moment, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things. Um, and it might not even come back around from the same person, but when you, when we need, um, it does come, it can come back to us when we're willing to give it up too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that you actively help people reject the, the hurrying culture that is the, the main culture, right? And, I love memes. I will admit that. (laughs) And there's this one meme recently that um, just touches on that. And I'm just going to read it. Um, So it's hurry up and go into labor. Hurry up and give birth. Hurry up and get them out of your arms. Hurry up and wean them. Hurry up and get them out of your bed. Hurry up and get them sleeping all night. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Gone. And it's like, why are we hurrying these things? There always seems to be a reason why why it needs to be pushed or rushed. There's always some very rational reason. But then you look back and everything gets pushed and rushed, right? Like you said, moms have to bounce back. The bounce back culture like needs to just focus yeah. on helping nobody. It's harming a lot. And and instead it's like reframing. We need a different perspective, a perspective shift, paradigm shift um, from the mainstream culture that is by and large driving postpartum which is right hurry up and get back to work get back to normalcy back to the usual rhythm yeah I really I mean I'm pretty um outspoken I guess about that I really feel like there's this war on the woman this war on motherhood and trying to steal the essence of what that is and the power that lies in in being a mom and and choosing that and sacrificing for that because it is worthy of that you know quote unquote sacrifice or leaving work or leaving these situations that can pull you away from being a present mom um and i mean our society is really great at it and devaluing what we do as moms or you're you know quote unquote just a mom i just stay home with my kids i I just do this or that as a mother. Um, But man, I just feel like that's such a lie and such a trap of our culture. Um, Because, I mean, we're shaping the generations to come. We're shaping the world with these humans that we're raising. It's, It's such important work. And if we as mothers are doing our heart work to be whole, to be these powerful women who are raising powerful, capable, loving human beings oh my gosh i mean what more important work is there out there i i don't think there is any um so i i just really see this new wave of women falling into this understanding of what this calling really is and and fighting against this (laughs) this culture that tries to devalue that all the time i i love being in a in a field where 
I get to be a part of that and, you know, encouraging my sisters along or seeing when they're weary and coming alongside them. It's such powerful work. I mean, both of, you know, you guys do a beautiful job of it as well. So it's just such a, it's such an important thing. And I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Yes. As you know, I can totally relate to that reclamation of, of yeah, motherhood and, and, Mm. um, and finding what's right for you as an individual. And, um, yeah, that slow, um, opportunity to look at how we can transform and be present with our children and with our sisters and with our partners and with the world. And, um, you know, we, I think that the world really needs it right now. We really need that matriarchy to like, come in full play you know because mothers are soft and sweet but we are also strong and vibrant and it's okay for us to be all of those things (laughs) yes we have the capacity to be many things all at one time (laughs) yes yes. we just need to give ourselves that permission back because it has been sort of that permission has been muted or taken away and it is ours to reclaim it is ours to conserve and and throw that value back into the ring, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's so important too. I, I can't remember if it was Daniela or um, if it was you, Jamie, but for women to voice and give themselves permission to voice what they're feeling, what they're needing um, or what they don't want. Like you said, some women want to be left alone. Um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of moms who are like, I just need to be alone outside. I just need to be alone and go, you know, jump in the ocean. And it was like, you know what, that's, that's your kuleana. That's what's right for you. So voicing that in itself is so powerful. And a lot of women, I feel like, I don't know if their voices have been muffled or they're afraid to voice those things for fear of being weak. Um, and that was something that personally was a real big struggle for me. I didn't want to ask. I didn't, I didn't feel like asking was a good thing. I felt like asking meant that I had failed, you know, that I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I like what a lot of moms feel. I think like, Oh, I'm a failure. You know, if I can't do this on my own, I'm a bad mom, but it's, there's so much power in asking for help and filling those needs, whether it's you or whether it's a sister coming alongside and helping you or a friend or a neighbor, or your, you know, your dad, your step, who cares who it is. It's just getting those needs met is doing it. You're, you're filling the needs and that's being a good mom, you know, seeing what, what both of you are needing mom and baby and older kids and making sure that those things are met. Um, and we're, we're creative, you know, I think moms have been pushed into a lot of corners and had to figure out, you know, how they can care for their family, how they can protect their family. And man, you know, come hell or high water, we do it. And I think we do a really beautiful job of doing it. I agree. And just even that, like putting that back and like telling these new mothers and telling, like really encouraging them of like, that's okay that that's how you feel and that's where yeah. you're and this is the support you need or don't need. Them. Yeah. Um, and also giving them that little bit of a perspective of like, okay, well, I know you really want to go running on day four. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, I think about, you know, when you say 40 days, and of course we all love the 40 days, and I I realize I have a lot of women that like that too of like, but I know you also feel like you have this, you have to do these other things, right? Society says that like you need to be, like you said, going back to work or getting back in shape or all these other things. Some people are like, well, I'm an athlete and I need, right. Need that, you know, and, and, but have you (laughs) tried this other way? (laughs) Yeah, No, I have that. I, I mean, especially on Oahu, a lot of the moms I serve, especially on the North shore. I mean, these women are, you know, world-class athletes a lot of them are like some of the best surfers in the world or you know or they just live active super active lifestyles it's just how it goes out here so as soon as they get a little window of feeling you know I feel good oh my gosh my daughter has fake teeth and they look hilarious (laughs) okay (laughs) um but yeah once they just have a little like glimpse of oh I feel really good today my energy is really great they want to they want to go and do all the things (laughs) but I'll always be like you know it's so good that you're feeling so great like feel great while you put your feet up you know and (laughs) feel great while you continue this season of just resting because soon before you know it you're gonna really wish that you took advantage of the time to be slow because man once life snaps you up back into its rhythm it's that 40 days seems like such a short it was a blink blip a blip in time yeah <laughs> yeah i always tell folks too i'm like i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm just you know just think a little bit bigger picture just a yeah. little bit picture yeah i know and i mean when when like i said when we're in those 40 days it feels like an eternity but i always tell my mom's like what's 40 days you know, what is that in the scheme of the rest of the lifetime of serving your family? <laughs> it's not much. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's often underestimated how the rest time will actually support your health and wellness and vitality in the long run. So in people, you know, it's like you just mentioned athletes that really want to get back to their, the way that they're used to training and keeping up with their health. You know, like even for them, the slow down part will help them in the long run as opposed to trying to like just jump back into the intensity. Mm -hmm. And sure, there's variations and different things work for different people. Everyone's at a different place, right? Um, But also- We don't don't make blanket statements here. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And at the same time, there is some shared physiology of, of just the human system. Well, and talking about that, even with the baby, right? So let's set mom aside, not that she is obviously the most important person in the world, but that physiology for your child. Yeah. And if mother is sensitive to the energy that comes in the, in the space, of course, the baby who's been in her womb and is fully naked out in the world and how their physiology responds to chaotic or like just like get up and go or you know I'm just gonna run to Target on the way home from the hospital or from wherever my appointment with the pediatrician and just sort of like they giving them an opportunity to also unfurl into this world because Mm. they also have their whole life to be rushed (laughs) 
Oh yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. That's such a good point too. Um, I have such a heart for, you know, moms who are doers, who are, you know, maybe slightly more on the anxious side, um, just because it, it feels like a mirror, you know? Um, but it's so true. Like the babies are feeling what we are feeling as mothers, you know? Um, so that's a really, that can be a catch 22 because, you know, the more frustrated we get or the more exhausted we are, the, just like knowing that that's going to be seen in your baby too, which can be such a hard cycle if you fall into it. Um, and again, the power, and like you said, just being slow, allowing baby to be slow. Yeah, I think it's also interesting to think about, you know, again, how it relates to the baby and the mom dynamic, right? And we hear like, my baby's super fussy and, or whatnot. And we have to kind of look at that too, of like, what's the energetic space or requirements on mom and how that affects baby. And, and, um, you know, one of the things that's the hallmark of even midwifery care is if the baby's not doing well, what's happening with mom, if mom's not doing well, baby because they are they are biologically connected and that um you know the baby really does need that slower integration because they're not conditioned to our rhythms and cycles and time clocks and that's kind of that thing back to that meme um daniela about hurry 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 and um the babies aren't there you know um training them to when to feed or when to sleep and all that right out the gate, you know, um, I mean, more power to you if that's your trajectory and that's what you would like to do. But, um, but it's also, that's like a pretty big hurdle to overcome because <laughs> the baby's just not there yet. <laughs> They're not conditioned for that sort of life upon arrival. They really are in that need of just warm, safe, having their kind of demands um, recognized and um, coddled to. I mean, you can't really spoil a newborn just as you can't really spoil a postpartum mother. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Maybe I'll make that into a meme. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And right. you're in your thing, do you talk about like, you know, because people are told to make like registries and baby lists. Mm. Do, you, do you encourage women to put things on there like massage and acupuncture and meal frames <laughs> and things like that? Because oh, the, mom, yeah. the baby needs the mom to be nourished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of what we talk about right from the get go. You know, a lot of focus is on things and baby and you know what if you got less things to allow more space for you to have the budget to have someone come and give you a massage or come into your home and help fill in the gaps for the weight that you normally carry what if what if we chose that instead I think it's so much more rewarding than you know all the latest trendiest baby things <laughs> not that those aren't fun but I, I get it <laughs> All right. Well, back to what you said at the beginning, your work with this is it's bringing it back to the heart, right? So you can have the top of the line baby crib and the most beautiful 
like print on the wall and the most amazing nursery room and the cutest onesies and bows and the like most high-tech pomp and all the things but if you haven't really addressed the soul's needs and your emotional needs your spiritual needs it's just you as a human like all of this stuff isn't really going to take you anywhere. I mean, they're, they're fun tools. They can be super helpful tools. Um, but there is often over-reliance on those tools to like, right, I'm ready for the baby. I took care of the crib and the wallpaper, right? Um, but it's not about those things. The heart, the human. So... I'm grateful to hear of your work serving in that capacity and inviting, you know, all of the community to revalue motherhood. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Okay. It's a shift in thinking for sure. Totally. And we um, need it. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it's like a. Mm hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. All good. No, please go for it stage is yours oh gosh oh uh, yeah I think that's just what my big work has been is helping moms shift shift the thinking shift what resonates with you as a new mom it's important work and it's a wild ride for sure it's so good and I love um, when I see moms, you know, shift from the, the hustle and the, the rush. Um, um, but it's so beautiful once moms do that, because it's like they get to soak in these precious moments, soak in how fast their baby's growing every day. And um, just allows them to really enjoy motherhood. You know, what if we did that again? What if we enjoyed motherhood? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, that one just runs so deep because moms, right? W women are creating, nurturing, bringing forth, raising the next generation. They are raising humanity, community. So they are, you know, kind of like the weave, the fabric of the community, keeping it together. Don't you want that fabric to be strong? Yeah. So healthy so and vibrant. Yeah. And so it runs deep. It's the health of our society. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal for mothers. Um, for yeah, like you said, for society. Um, I think that's why it's become, you know, um. <laughs> what has it become, Kirsten? <laughs> what? what? Well, Zoom just decided to silence you at that moment. It has become what? Oh, oh sorry. I was no. like, wait, what? <laughs> um, no, that's, you know, it's become the center of my life to, to not only live it out, you know, as a mother myself, but to help the sisters around me. Um harness this power and this amazing thing we do as women and that's you know create life sustain life nourish life yes hold space <laughs> yeah yeah and not be ashamed of being in that space and 
making room for that. Uh, I think that's so powerful. Making room to be slow is not a bad thing. Making room to savor and to cherish and to honor whatever it looks like for you. Mm -hmm. So powerful. It's mm -hmm. definitely rebellious too, which is edgy and sexy. It's all the things, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a really good, a good shift. I love to see. And it's been liberating for me to go through it myself. Um, and it's a day by day thing, you know, it's a moment by moment recentering and reclaiming what is right. Um, rejecting things all the time. That's not right for me. For the moms I serve, it's, it's a moment by moment thing, really. So true, so true, and it's so important to yes, lead, lead by example. I picked up from a different podcast some mother talking about that postpartum time and saying, you know, about that being rebellious or whatever, you know, like that is the power move, the yeah. resting, the reclaiming, the like, even digging deep, even if you have some deep mm -hmm. inner uncertainties about yourself during that time instead of just like brushing it off and carrying on you know like to sit with some of that stuff and have a safe place to to open up and talk about those feelings and those emotions is so crucial and and also to share in those joys or that overcoming you know like you'll never you'll never know when the last time you had that tender latch will be you know because it'll <laughs> real comfortable and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so those so moments of even like learning together with your baby and all of that and just really honoring it yeah I've been around some older women I have a really rich community of amazing older women in my life and I'm so blessed but they always share with me how they mourn those sweet early years of motherhood that they don't really feel like they cherish, you know, they mourn it now. So it'd be really great to see our generation and the generations to come to not have to mourn that, but to know that they sat in that and absorbed it and honored it for exactly what it, what it was and what it needed to be. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Yep. That's so it. Beautiful. That's the work right there. Mm -hmm. that's it well I just want you to know that I decided a couple years ago that I don't know if I'm gonna have kids but if I do I <laughs> you are part of my postpartum plan just know that I'm like I'm having those Ayurvedic full uh, food prep meals going on yeah. So. <laughs> yeah no I love meeting physical needs of my mamas too that's so important and I would I would love on you hard girl <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm planning on it. It's part of my plan, whether I can do it or not. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, thank you for all you do. And how can people look into um, what you do and contact you? Yeah. Um, so I'm Thrive Postpartum. Thrive Postpartum on Instagram. Um, also thrivepostpartum.com or how to thrivepostpartum.com. I'm all those things. I took them all, all those names. I took them. So you'll find me. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. And I have a webinar coming up um, all around exactly what we talked about. Um, and I have some amazing professionals on there and naturopathic doctors that'll be with me and a pelvic floor specialist, which I'm super stoked about. Um, another important element of healing 
Um, so that starts on May 5th. So I can't be more excited for that. That's amazing. Yay. Really making, yeah. making things roll. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I feel it. I feel the kuyana and it's time for this stuff to start happening. So I'm stoked. Oh, yeah. 100%. Thank you for making the time in your life to be here with us today and bringing this important work to the world. Kirsten, appreciate you and all you do so very much. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, thank you all for what you do. Such a cool community to be a part of. Agreed. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Have a beautiful day, ladies. And aloha. Aloha. aloha.